It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Welcome to this episode of Kennedy Saves the World. And today, we have to save the world from Gavin Newsom because his smoothly hairsprayed, haired head now thinks that it's big enough to run for president and he can ruin your life from Washington. I think that's a horrible idea. He's done such a bad job in California. The California politicians, because they're in a monoparty system, have a way of thinking that they can just elbow their way to the top of the Golden State and then eventually to the top of the ticket when they run for the big White House. Uh, Kamala Harris has been an utter failure as vice president. Uh, She didn't even make it to the caucuses and primaries as a presidential candidate in 2020. And now Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, is trying to elbow her out of the way so he can take over for Joe Biden. All three people are monumentally bad at running anything. Gavin Newsom now, for some reason, has shot to the top of a very lame list of Democrats who could potentially uh, take over the top of the ticket from Biden, who, you know, depending on who you ask, Scott Pelley, the Reverend Al Sharpton, he's running, he's not running. Jill Biden says, no, we've never even talked about that. I didn't even know there were two terms. Why would he run again? So Biden's all over the map, which means... People don't want him to run. He doesn't want to run. His wife doesn't want him to run again. He's he's old and incompetent. He's flaccid. He's annoying. Uh, but Gavin Newsom is very dangerous because he's a posturer who doesn't really like to solve problems that negatively affect people's lives. He likes to come up with look-busy solutions that are very expensive that are a handwritten invitation to get people to leave the state of California. California wants to be a great state. It wants to be the greatest state. Gavin Newsom is single-handedly in the way of that. He, he is like the, the goalie for good in California, and, and he's, he's keeping anyone from scoring new and innovative points in the Golden State because he's so obsessed with himself and obviously despises other human beings. So how can we poke holes in Gavin Newsom's beautiful balloon? There's only one man who can do that. He is the host of The Next Revolution on the Fox News Channel Sunday nights. And he's also the host of the Daily California podcast, which I encourage you, if you love California, if you hate California, you've got to listen to that podcast. Steve Hilton joins me now. Hi, Steve. How about that? That was a great. I think you answered the question. You you said it all, Kennedy. It's fantastic to be here to talk about it with you. Um, but you're you're so right. I was just talking to someone the other day in New York, actually, about all this. Someone who's really engaged. He does a lot of elections and so you know observes them very closely and whatever. And exactly to your point, he said these California politicians they're so completely mediocre. But you've got this incredibly powerful political machine in California, funded of course by the unions, the government unions. It's totally corrupt. They give money to the Democrats. The Democrats give them back the money through um, pay increases and and all the rest of it. And he said, basically, because you've got this incredibly powerful machine, you could put a potted plant in. And and Gavin Newsom's not much above that level in terms of effectiveness. Or intellect. 
you know, he's he's not necessary. And, and if he were if he were a really smart guy, if he were an academic like a Peter Thiel and, you know, or Elon Musk and just crunched numbers and, and thought of things in a different way and ran them through his own personal supercomputer, some of that would be forgiven. But it really is just yeah. how things look. It's well, not how things are thing. and it's not how to make them better. So here's the dirty secret that I have and I have to share with you um, in, in, in the spirit of full disclosure, but it also helps with the question you just put, which is that I know him, actually. We've got friends in common, very good friends in common, and we moved here from England 10 years ago. I had been the senior advisor in the government in the UK for Prime Minister David Cameron, and during that time, in fact, before we, we went into 10 Downing Street, we were uh, in opposition and you know looking for policy ideas and somehow we got connected with gavin when he was mayor of san francisco and then we came here um and we have very good friends in common and we you know we, we hung out a little bit and i wouldn't say we were close friends that would be overstating it but definitely friends right we'd have you know we'd have dinner in each other's houses and stuff like that we, you know we know them and i remember saying in the early days of getting to know gavin um and talking to him about this stuff i said to someone else who shall remain nameless who's very engaged in california politics you know it's really interesting gavin newsom he's you know he's just not like the other politicians he seems so uh interested in policy and ideas and he's like really thoughtful about that stuff and he doesn't seem like a like an ideologue and what all this stuff uh, and and he's really interested in the detail of policy this guy looked at me pit, with pity and said <laughs> you just wait <laughs> you just wait yeah. i know oh, i know what he's really like and unfortunately, that's exactly what has turned out. So he writes this great. So Gavin has this book called Citizenville, you know, a few years ago, which is all about how citizens can take control. Then, of course, he's the he presides over the absolutely most extreme removal of control from citizens. Um, he doesn't really have any driving principle other than exactly, as you say, his own um, advancement and what that means today in the Democratic Party, particularly in California, is nonstop pandering and I'm going to say virtue signaling. It's not really virtue. It's ideology signaling to the activist base and to the union. So that's all it is, is this endless parade of of pathetic stunts and 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 things that will do nothing to solve anyone's actual problem, but make you look like you're in line with the prevailing ideological orthodoxy. And that's what and that's really the sort of the the core of his political identity right now is this non-stop far left pandering and it's the kind of pandering that can bankrupt a state yes because it's real some of it i mean some of it you can say oh well that's just a sort of you know some stupid tweet or whatever but but no no i mean a lot of it because also because they have the super majority in the legislature they have 61 seats in the assembly to the republicans 19 that enables them to pass tax increases and all these other things without without you know with with very easily without any kind of need to have a coalition or whatever so they they actually can turn this pandering into real policy that hurts people i mean just just last week i mean there's the endless bills i mean i don't get me started i mean you know we haven't got the time to go into the details and you want to talk about the presidential ambitions but basically they keep pushing these bills and they can get them through the legislature a lot of it he initiates because he wants to look good to the far left and to the activists 
Um, and, you know, just now, for example, another, another tax increase that they didn't even announce, you know, they're just lit one thing after another to dr basically driving people out of the state. Like, why should I stay there? All they ever do is take more and more money from me, from my business, make our lives harder. And in the me and nothing gets better. All the problems, whether it's housing shortage and affordability or homelessness or crime or, you know, the grid that doesn't work and the water shortage constantly, even though, the, you know, on and on. Every single problem is worse. And there's one final point I just wanted to make, which is this laugh. I saw this thing that the left on Twitter got very excited about the other day. Beto O'Rourke in his race for Texas governor um, was on somebody's show and he, he he put out this, you know, said this thing about, well, Greg Abbott, who he's running against, Greg Abbott has been in power for eight years. So any problem in Texas, they own it. And everyone said, oh, what a brilliant kind of clapback. What, you know, amazing um, Beto for saying something. In California, I looked it up, the political control in the legislature, which is mo where most of this stuff gets done, 25 years nonstop controlled by the Democrats. 25 years they've been in power. All these problems, there's nowhere else to, to look for the culprit. It's it's on them. And Gavin Newsom, in, even in the four years he's been there, just everything's got so much worse, so much more quickly. Don't go anywhere. More Kennedy Saves the World right after this. I'm Guy Benson. Join me weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and guests. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the free podcast at GuyBensonShow.com. So let's talk about the homelessness, because, you know, this this is an area where he has utterly failed at the state level as attorney general. Um or lieutenant governor, rather. Yeah, yeah lieutenant, lieutenant governor. governor exactly. And and mayor of San Francisco. And, you know, he, he said this is something that they were going to solve in five years. And yep. it's gotten worse and worse and worse. It, it makes cities unlivable. Um, yes. It's all lip service. He gets tons and tons of money to throw at a problem that is never solved. And it's this idea that, you know, just by virtue of throwing money at something, you make it go away or yes. you make it better because and that's his look busy approach like well at least we tried it's like that's not trying because money and systems are two different things he has never come up with a system to combat homelessness no in fact you can say it incentivizes it and to your point about it getting worse i mean just today just a couple of what do they got data points for you kennedy just today um, Cal Matters, which is an independent news site covering California, pretty reliable, pretty you know, pretty nonpartisan. Just you know, the lead story today: homelessness. They they had they had a survey showed that most Californians think that the problem of homelessness is getting worse in the wherever they live. And then they said, oh, and is that perception correct? Here's the data: new data just published yet again, another increase in homelessness. And at the same time, the number, the total they've now spent just in the last couple of years on the problem is $14 billion, $14 billion. And the problem's got worse. It is just ludicrous. Another, the second data point, I just had um, a candidate running for a state assembly on the podcast on the Daily California. Um, he's hoping to represent um, it's a, a district just in the suburbs of Sacramento, includes the town of Folsom. Um, and he's saying like there, it's the number one issue in the suburbs. It's not just a downtown Los Angeles and San Francisco and San Diego thing. It's like everywhere now. It is. And San Diego for a while, they kind of had a handle on it. So it's almost like the governor has given these mayors permission to just give up. 
Yeah, and then and to your point about look busy, I mean the the, the defining image for me of of him in relation to homelessness was one one time announcing a new sort of enormous bunch of money going into this the, the system that's all wrong and the strategy that they're following which is all wrong i'll get to that in a second but like it's just him out near a homeless encampment i think with a broom you know like a sweeping thing like he's sort of like a photo op i mean that's what they think it's just so it's it's so depressing but the the fundamental problem is that they won't accept they have the strategy they all say it i heard a state representative um from the east bay i live in the bay area um and she was on you know she she's seen as a relatively moderate democrat she was on about housing and homelessness even though they're actually separate issues in many ways both massive problems um and she was saying, um, well, you know, we have this, you know, I totally believe in the strategy of housing first. That's what they call it. Housing first, which is let's, you know, get people into a home. Um, and that sounds superficially attractive. But the real point, as Michael Schellenberger, um, above all, has documented, he's done such a great job on this. And he and, you know, remember, he's a progressive from Berkeley. Well, he started out as a progressive from Berkeley. Uh, it says that actually the homelessness crisis in, in California is, in fact, an, a massive untreated mental health and addiction crisis that's mm -hmm. what it actually is and you can add to that crime i was just out in venice um a couple of weeks ago meeting local you know uh, non-profit you know and social enterprises who are trying to solve the problem on the ground and they're saying apart from the you know 70 80 percent of the people who are homeless are uh, addicted to drugs and that's and then you've got to add into that the crime because the criminal gangs who are pushing drugs literally take over the row of homelessness, uh, a row of homeless encampments, you know, a particular row of tents or whatever. And they find someone in there in the classic way that drug pushers do and gangs do. And they turn him into a dealer who then has to, um, you know, sell to the to the other tents. I mean, it's a real operation. It's a criminal operation. And they won't confront it as such because they think it makes them look lacking in compassion. So what they do is that they have this strategy called housing first and they're obsessed with, you know, these units of housing. And during the pandemic, they commandeered hotel rooms. They called it Project Room Key, I think. Now it's Project Home Key. And, and, they, and, they, and they, t they take people and they say, here's your room, okay? this is your housing. Now you have shelter. But they haven't solved the drug problem. So all it means is that they turn the drug, often the, 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 the accommodation that they've been given just turns into a drug dealing venue and in fact many of the people go back onto the, you know they have two homes basically the, the the tent on the street and the accommodation they've been given so then they go back and forth between them one is used for drug dealing the other for sleeping and so on i mean it's just a real they don't challenge the the underlying they don't deal address the underlying problem which is the drug addiction and the, and the mental health problem. And but they have I, enough money to do that. That's what's so frustrating it's, it's is mad. that the money is misallocated. They, they send it to the wrong places. And, you know, it takes them years and years to come up with housing. And it's $650,000 for a single family home. More, and more. that's that's not what people need. They need apartment buildings. Like the, the zoning in the state Oh, with it's, the zoning, that's exactly right. I mean, you're totally right. It costs a fortune. I mean, there's, I think it was like 800, you know, the, the, the number, the staggering numbers for these 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 units that they're building. And that's that's when you get into the housing crisis, which is massive, which is different to the homelessness crisis, because it's actually a question of affordability. And the fact that people can't live, especially low, lower and middle income earners cannot live near where they work. 
uh, you, before the pandemic, you, of course, I mean, it's less now since the pandemic. But, the, you know, the kind of people who we're talking about, teachers and nurses and care workers and people who work in retail and so on, they can't work from home. And so what you're doing there is forcing them to buy places or rent places miles from when they work. So they have two and a half hour, three hour commutes in either direction to get to work. It's absolutely horrible. It destroys their family life. You're exhausted. It's awful. And it's partly the zoning, exactly as you say. Um, and actually, I was talking to someone called Joel Kotkin, who's who's been on at this for years. He's an academic. He's got a great kind of perspective on this, which is that actually it's a huge state. There's lo loads of land that isn't developed, both infill development inside urban areas, but also outside it, and 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 we could we could be opening up so much more land. There's about four and a half percent of the of the land areas currently developed at all for any purpose and you can perfectly easily build plenty more houses without going into our beautiful kind of open spaces and, and national parks and state parks and all the rest of it but one of the things we love about california is the beauty of its environment you don't have to get into that loads more you could do there but the second point is these environmental regulations that make the cost of building any kind of anything so high because you have to go through all these hoops you've got to put all these environmental things and they keep adding to them at the same time as they talk about wanting to build more homes they keep adding the requirements they call it you know meeting our climate goals and they it's just so maddening because it's just stupid it, it's 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 incoherent they they say we need more affordable housing and then all their other policies make the housing less affordable it's it's unaffordable and it's impossible and it's one of the reasons why i'm a libertarian because you know people exactly. should have the, the ability to direct their own lives and make their own choices without government impingement exactly and exactly. you know and and there is such a lack of mobility for a majority of the people in california and that alone the, the problems that you have just touched on disqualify Gavin Newsom for the presidency, and we just have to keep talking about these things more and well, more. Well, it's a total failure. Everything is a failure. I mean, like, there's not a single policy area they could point to and say, well, that went really well. I just want to read you something because it's it's just so uh, you'll enjoy this. I don't know if you caught this. Uh, it was a couple of weeks ago. A guy called Josh Barrow. I don't know. Do you know? I don't. Yeah, know I know, you know who he is. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So he's. He, I think he was once a Republican. Now he's a Democrat. Um, you know, podcast, he's been a pundit and so on. Uh, so he's one, he's certainly, he's a Democrat and his, he wrote a blog, he wrote this blog post, which is, it's absolutely, uh, that, that, that sort of title gives it away. And then I just want to read you some of it because it's so brilliant. Here's the title. Um, Gavin Newsom is gross and embarrassing and will never be president. So he should stop making an embarrassing national spectacle of himself. <laughs> it's absolutely brilliant. Gross and embarrassing. And basically, he's got kind of three sets of reasons. The first thing is all this posturing. So the, the posturing is gross and cheap. And he picks one specific example in, to go into detail. So Gavin Newsom's, you know, he's been, you asked earlier, somehow he's forced himself to the top of the pack to be the Biden replacement. That is entirely deliberate. Um, act of political strategy on his part and by his consultants who are very well known run is, is run by this guy called ace smith who is the kind of leading democrat consultant for california democrats um also works for kamala harris by the way um and he uh, and so they you know they started this by he took out gavin Newsom took out this ad in florida going on about how the, the real freedom state is california which is, of course laughable you know he got him some attention 
And actually, if you'd have left it there, it may have been, you know, he'd have got away with it. But then he's just gone on and on constantly picking fights with Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott and everyone else. And then he took out these billboards. This is with his own campaign finance money in um, South Carolina. No, in South Carolina, other red states promoting California as a destination for abortion. Because he wanted to make the point, you know, because he wants to show the, you know, the going back to the virtue signaling to the activist base. Yeah, you know, we're fighting for, you know, we're fighting for your rights in California. We And so he took out these billboards saying, basically, come to California for your abortions. And actually, as Josh Barrow points out here, um, he actually followed up and he went to what the, you know, what, what the, the, the billboards direct you to a website. He said, they don't readers to a website that does little more than inform readers that abortion is legal in California and they may travel there to receive one. Gee, thanks. So it doesn't do anything practical to help. And as he puts it, it's basically the billboards amount to using women in red states as a prop to burnish Newsom's image. I mean, that's what it's all about. It's so superficial. Yeah, it's superficial. It's gross. It's smarmy. It's slimy. Uh, a lot like the California Democrat Party, and certainly uh, Gavin Newsom embodies that. And exactly. they're, they're, we, we have to oppose what he stands for because it is the worst of our politics. In, it is the worst. It's totally superficial. It's, they, they, there's no substance behind it. The second point he makes, which, I, which is you know, a kind of smart political point, is, and the third one is the one I think you'll most enjoy. So I want to get to that quickly. The second point is... He said, who exactly is Newsom a candidate for? And he basically well, who like, you know, like, is he going to win over working class uh, voters in the Midwest? No. Does he particularly excite black or Hispanic? But no, I mean, his only constituency is this tiny, tiny group of base of sort of Twitter activists and a few journalists. I mean, it's really, really pathetic. But the best one is like here. Here's the third sort of category. He said, plus, let's be frank. Would you buy a used car from this man? And I'll just read you this. Gavin Newsom looks like the kind of guy who would have an affair with the wife of his close friend and campaign manager or who, when he was 39 and mayor of San Francisco, had a girlfriend who was too young to drink or who would dine with a group of 12 at the French Laundry just hours after warning Californians not to gather for the holidays due to COVID. He looks like that kind of guy because he is that guy. He did all those things. He's practically he said Newsom is here we are. An effete, sleazy, high-handed liberal from San Francisco who seems like he might hit on your wife if she's hot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's the good job, Josh Barrow. Josh you know? Barrow, and, the and, Hey, man, I don't blame Democrats for being frustrated. You know, look, look who their party has put up to lead the rest of us who want nothing to do with them. So it's it's no surprise. That's where a lot of frustrated Democrats have landed. Steve Hilton, thank you for landing on this podcast. You are amazing. And I love talking to you on the TV and through the ether. It was such fun. See you soon. Thank you. This has been Kennedy Saves the World. I'm Kennedy. For more podcasts from my friends at Fox, you can go to foxnewspodcast.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Oh, go ahead and leave me a review while you're there. I'd love to hear what you have to say. You've been listening to Kennedy Saves the World on the Fox News Podcast Network. Cudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Cudlow Podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts.